0: Um, job and this is the Chalk My Bag Podcast. In this week's episode, we'll be going over common misconceptions people have when it comes to fitness. Well, I, I got to say, when it, when it comes to misconceptions, um, you know, we're taking kind of a broad approach to this. Because a, miscon- a misconception can be something that is commonly uh, heard or something that maybe we've just heard, uh, you know, more often than not. In the well, gym.
1: We've gotten a bunch that, like, since our time lifting, that lots of people have told us specifically towards powerlifting, but there's also a bunch just in the fitness realm that people have about, I guess, lifting weights and getting strong in general.
0: I th- think when it comes to misconceptions, they're, they're commonly rooted in either lack of information or they're just, there's something that's been passed down uh, from from generation, from lifting generation to lifting generation?
1: I, I think the lack of information is what really uh, helps to contribute to, you know, misconceptions about how, how we train and how we do things. You know, people not understanding what we're doing or the goals that we have or, you know, they just have a, a lack of, understanding of how to how to wrap their mind around what we do. One of the big misconceptions that um, I've heard a lot, especially in um, graduate school is that I'm strong and that I've had to go through like a string of being broken and injured to get to this point. So going off of the first point, that we are quote unquote, strong. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think that I'm strong. I just think I'm good at like, decently good at these three lifts. And Mm -hmm. I put, I put lots of my time and effort into developing the technical part of mastering these lifts. So I guess, I guess that misconception comes from when people see the amount of weight on the bar, and they just think, oh, you know, how, how do you lift that? How do you, they don't have a framework to, to figure out like how I'm doing it. So they just assume that it's just like brute force or that, you know, I magically make the weight move or something like that. that like it, it took time for me to get from where I started to where I am now. So if you looked at that, that timeline period, you wouldn't necessarily say that I'm like strong. It, it, I just worked my way to where I am now.
2: Yeah, th- there is. I think there is some truth to like once you specialize in, in any any sport, like either like if it's like you're trying to get into high level running or high level weightlifting, power thing, um, then you start losing some variability. Then you start kind of, um you're a little bit more prone to injury, but that doesn't mean you have to, um, doesn't mean like you're going to get injured regardless. Um, so I think it's more of kind of like how you structure your, your training. Like if you're just trying to get generally strong, but kind of maintain like other you know, aspects of your, like if you don't want to only get strong, if you want to maintain, um, your, if you want to do some cardio here and there, like you don't want to just get fat and just like get strong, you can do multiple things. But once I think once you specialize in one thing and don't take care of like other aspects, um, like of your, your, whatever your fitness, yeah. then, then it, it could be you're, you're more prone to injury, but it's not necessarily, um, like, um, guarantee that like, doesn't, doesn't mean you're always going to get
0: hurt. Wait, so is the misconception, maybe I'm confusing what Josh's misconception was. Is it, is it the fact that you have to be injured or you have to get injured to get strong or was the misconception that people think he's strong?
1: It, it's kind of like a two part thing. So the conception that I'm strong and then the conception that to get to that point of being strong. I had to go through um, like trials of being injured and broken. Does mm-hmm. that make sense?
0: Yeah, I, I do. I agree that that could fall on both sides of the, of the, of the spectrum as two separate, uh, two, two different avenues of thought, because to Anas's point, if you, if you're doing what you need to do and you're taking certain precautions in your training, you don't have to get injured. It, definitely well, it, it happens and you know, it, it can happen at any point if you if you start you know lifting and you're doing everything you need to do to prevent injury you could get out of your truck one day incorrectly and then have a sprained ankle and then be out for a few months or you know mess up your knee it could be anybody you can get injured at any point um and as when it comes to strength the 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 comparison of what strength is 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 interesting because I would agree that we are strong. I would say that we are strong. I would also say somebody who just started lifting and is able to lift 10 pounds more than they were last week. Like maybe now they're doing the bar when before they were just using a wooden stick. I would say that person is strong too. I think that the strength part is, is something that you, you need a reference point to compare to. Whether it be your own progress or like somebody, uh, you know somebody you can point to and say you're you're strong in comparison to this percentage of the world, just based off of 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 data that you can pull from the internet. Wasn't there a website that you can put your? (laughs) I don't know if y'all ever did this, but I put my numbers into a a a website once, and it was like it told you. Maybe it was on bodybuilding.com. It told you uh, percentage wise your uh, how much stronger you are than. Other people in the world, in comparison to the squat, bench, and deadlift, have you all oh, ever seen that? You right. know what I'm talking about.
1: How strong are you then? Well, what are your numbers? If you can recall? <laughs> that's not, that's what? not what we're talking about. What percentile are you in?
0: <laughs> well, most people in the world don't lift uh, as frequently, and it's it's a it's a privilege to be able to you know go to a gym. So like oh, you're, you're odds 10%. are, I'm top. I'm top ten percent. That's what. Oh, I'm trying to say. There you go. Ten percent. Yeah. Top but physical
1: performance.
0: This is what peak physical performance. This is what peak physical performance looks like. <laughs> this is an ASMR uh, podcast, so yeah, yeah. When it comes to that misconception, um, I think I think it's dangerous. I think it, it might it might just be self destructive to think that you have to get injured um, in order to get strong.
1: I, I think it comes from too, like from from my experience, especially since being in chiropractic school. Lots of my classmates are like former competitive um, athletes in like team team sports. So their, their frame of reference on, you know, quote unquote strength isn't really directly related to barbell movements. Mm-hmm. So their oh, process okay. of like, of understanding, I guess, how to be strong comes from like a competitive um sport program so when they see when they see like lifting lifting they they think that's you know that's out of the ordinary and that it takes some you know something different to to get to that
2: level so one one other misconception that i think it it plays a role in like the injury misconception part of it is um people think when it comes to training and programming is doing more is better. Mm -hmm. So what people tend to do is kind of jump into programs that are, that they're not ready for. And whenever you're doing a program, that's not necessarily uh, that doesn't match your training age, you're probably going to get hurt, right? Like if you're going from not training at all to jumping into like a Three time squat program or like a bol- Bulgarian method. You guys remember when the Bulgarian method was was popular? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it's very popular. That's so, that's
1: whenever I met you. I was, that was on right on Teen Nation. That was on Teen Nation.
2: Yeah, and, and no no one can deny that you get you get pretty good results from it. But why why do you get good results from the Bulgarian method? You're going from squatting once a week or twice a week to squatting like every day. Like of course you're going to make fantastic gains. Like of course you're going to get strong, but at what risk? Right? So I think that's one big misconception that people um, kind of it plays a factor into why uh, people think oh you're going to have to get hurt to get this strong because you have to do this much more work to get strong where in reality like most of these people that ran the the Bulgarian method they can probably make good progress with only squatting twice a week. Right.
1: So do you think that comes from like a lack of knowledge or a lack of um proper programming or just Yeah.
2: I think that's that's more of like programming. Okay.
0: Okay. Well I would argue and say that it would be lack of knowledge. I think like you said in the beginning of this Josh that I mean all these misconceptions come from a lack of knowledge because you know I think programming itself stems from one's ability to to know how to to create a program that that it 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 it, uh it serves its purpose of getting you stronger. And in order to do that, you have to be able to land on some knowledge. Like uh, we mentioned in that last episode, episode six, where Anas mentioned his personal uh, frequency in order to progress on certain lifts and how he wouldn't recommend that for for people who are not him, like anybody else but him, really. Right, and, right. Yeah, and if you didn't know any better, you would take what he does out of context, like a lot of people do, when it comes to well, I don't want to say a lot of people do, but um it's easy to just look at a lifter on if, Instagram if, or if social media.
1: If that was your only piece of information or knowledge that you knew and you applied it to your your own training, you might not see the same results
2: yeah because people see i mean like for example like if if you look at someone like um like big like the bigger powerlifters like the more well-known powerlifters let's say like someone like like sean like sean noriega like if he like if he would to like share his training like a lot of people will be like oh like this is how i should train if he doesn't give a disclaimer which i mean like i know he always does like this is my training like you shouldn't I don't recommend it for anyone unless you've had like the same like similar experience that I have. I wouldn't recommend it to you. Um, but people will look at it and be like, oh, well, that's what he's doing. And he's this strong. Mm-hmm. He squats this much. So I should do this amount of work too.
0: Yeah. And that's That could be either a lack of knowledge or just an inability or a lack of of desire to want to ask questions i think um if you don't know the right questions to ask and you don't really appreciate the amount of variability that exists when it comes to somebody's personal progress it's easy to just take a look at a youtube video or like i said a video on instagram
1: or teen nation
0: or if you're looking at no teen nation is a valuable wealth of knowledge josh how dare you? That's where I learned about the Bulgarian <laughs> method. I remember the uh, that, and I can use myself as an example. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna, you know, speak from a position of any sort of, of, uh, of higher higher being. Because when I was reading those T Nation articles, and they mentioned the Bulgarian method, which you know, for people maybe who just aren't as familiar, what it boils down to is that it involves you maxing out multiple times a day every day a in week. weightlifting a week well yeah. in weightlifting it, it means that you do the uh, snatch clean jerk and front squat um with like you know maximal attempts yeah every every day
1: yeah the the, okay. the goal of, the goal of that program was just to meet or exceed your your max every day
0: yeah i mean, I mean it, with a powerlifting variation you know like it not said Multiple times every week. Yeah, it
2: came from 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 weightlifting, and it uh, transferred over to somehow to powerlifting. But I know it came from like the Bulgarian um, weightlifting team. I'm I'm not sure when, but their coach, because like back then, like they wanted uh, they wanted weightlif- weightlifting champions, right? So like yes. the way the way the coach would kind of find out who who like who was built to. Um, to be the to be the champion is to kind of, okay well I'm gonna have everyone maxed out every day. The I mean it, it could it could definitely work, but the risk to reward ratio, like the 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 risk is very high and the reward is very high as well. And whenever your 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 main goal is to just, to just produce champions, um, you don't really care. But the but the risk you just don't care. You just want. To produce champions, like for for your country, and that's it. So people come in, and like you have one survivor who managed to kind of <laughs> be resilient enough to kind of max out every day and not get hurt yeah. and make progress. And like ninety five percent of the other people are just like getting broken. like getting
0: hurt. Yeah, they're all <laughs> broken. But yeah. the survivor is a champion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that makes me think of uh again using myself as an example, the the Shaco method. So again, we talked maybe we talked about this very briefly, uh, but the the Shako method was something again I got from T Nation, but if you if you Google Shako method, the T Nation article that I read, Shako Shakes Up Powerlifting, is the first uh result that pops up. But um so Boris Shako, you know, this Russian again a weightlifting coach um now you know i think he's a powerlifting coach as well but he, he formulated this program around the big three the squat bench and deadlift so i ran it for like eight weeks and i was i was so exhausted at the end of it and i did i did make a a little bit increase in my in my squat. Yeah, so. there was there was another program. I forgot the
2: name. What, what's the name of it? Um, small
0: of love. Oh, small love. Yeah, small yeah. love. No,
2: yeah, I yeah. was
0: wrong. I wasn't running the Shaco method. I yeah, was running small, small love method. Great. Small love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dang it, dang it. See, yeah. you know, did, did yeah. you read T Nation too? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew it. Small love. What was small love? Small love. It was like a
2: junior. 16, it was a sixteen-week <gasps> program. There was two of them. There was junior and there was like the like the main okay. program.
0: Man, scratch everything I said. Yes, yeah, small love was for squat, and then small love junior was for bench.
2: And people used to run them together too. Yeah, which yeah, that, that was me for squats and bench. But yeah, see th- these are these programs are so popular. Like, no, like I don't think any powerlifter hasn't heard of small love or haven't like. I, I bet you if you ask powerlifters and like see like how many lifters actually done small love,
0: like you'll be surprised how, yeah. let's pull our audience um, i would i would be curious about that let's ask let's ask everyone on our instagram yeah
1: I'll, if yeah, you've we're, if we're you've watching. heard
0: and or have run small love or small. some variation of small of yeah or the bulgarian method too because i know oh, yeah. omar
2: isov was uh was a huge
0: proponent off. of that
2: yeah and and that and that kind of um um uh, makes people want to want to do it like they see someone like this big talk about what kind of results they're getting from this, from the squat program or like squatting every day and then be like, Oh, well, yeah, I can actually, I should definitely do that. Like there's no, there's no cons. Like they see all the, all the pros. The yeah. pros yeah. And like, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to do this.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 But it, it all, it, it goes to the same point though. It comes from an area of misinformation and, and thinking that you need to do more than what you really need to do. Like it, it really doesn't, it's not as complicated as as we make it out to be there really it really just takes the bare minimum level of commitment to do what's absolutely necessary, which is practicing again when it comes to powerlifting the main three movements like if you do the squat bench and deadlift uh, with enough practice each week, you'll make progress if you have some sort of, some level of consistency. would you agree
1: yeah i think I think that also kind of stems into. The misconception that um, the progress we make over time is always made in a relatively short period. That people don't understand that we sometimes commit to this in the long term, and that our numbers don't sometimes go up linearly. You know, no. we've had yeah. to we've had to you know start from scratch and from square one. You know, from multiple blocks on end. And you know, kind of science experiment our way into making progress
0: <laughs> to think that you're somehow promised results um, right. in a shorter period of time is a good way to get discouraged. So I know whenever i whenever I have the ability to coach somebody, I, I set expectations that you only you only get what you put in, and that if you're gonna put in the bar- if you're gonna put in sub optimal uh, effort, Then you're gonna get suboptimal results. There you go. Yeah, effort plays a a big, a huge factor.
2: Uh, Like, effort, effort, effort when it comes to, like, ex, like, whenever it comes to lifting the weight and effort whenever it comes to changing your movement as well. It's like, it's not only about, I'm gonna just, like, brute force, put 100% effort into this bar and, like, into this deadlift. And people like you see that a lot, where people like kind of go into a conventional deadlift and just like they, they yank it off the they floor, they rip it off the ground. Yeah, and it's like okay, you're putting effort into your like force production, but you're not putting any effort into like mastering your your movement.
0: You know what I always compare it to when I talk about it with my athletes is I I always I create this image of like a water hose, right? And if you have a water hose turned on all the way, the water comes out, but it's not pressurized as much. You know, you think about. The force of the water being the effort that you're putting into that deadlift. If you put a nozzle on that water hose and then you turn the nozzle and you and you refine and you, and you focus that force, the water goes a lot further and it's a lot more pressurized. It's the same amount of water that's coming out of the water hose. It's just now focused and pressurized. So I always tell them during a meet or whenever they're going for a max attempt, don't waste all that force by being... You know, overly excited before you lift, and and waste that energy by running around, stomping and screaming, and you know, lifting the weight to try to make it look like it's light. You know, put the same amount of force, but focus it.
2: There you go. Yeah, you can. Um, so, I mean, you could call that also as a, as a force leak. Like, if someone is moving in a certain in a certain way, and they're flexing and and they're like in their lower back, so you can say like, okay, they're leaking power from. That or or they might have like a hole in their hose, like they're leaking.
0: They got a hole in their hose. There oh, you
2: go.
0: <laughs> I had a so one time I had a hole in my hose, and uh, there we go. I didn't. <laughs> but, and you know what, it is? It's a common medical condition. Thank you very much. But also, whenever
2: whenever when it comes to effort as well, is like it's not only about what you do in the gym. So people think, okay, I'm just gonna go train, train as hard as I can, and I'll make results. Where a lot of the work also comes from outside, outside the gym. Like you have to get good sleep. You have to, um, watch your nutrition. You have to do a lot of stuff outside the gym so you can actually perform inside. And, um, like I said, like effort, whenever, whenever it comes to your movement, that plays a huge factor, especially whenever you're starting out. Um, then you can actually, um, put more effort into just, moving the bar as like as hard as you can. But first I would just like people should focus more on like the stuff outside the gym, their, their, their form and technique. Then you can, um, focus more on like how much force or how much effort you put into, into your lift.
0: And then, you know, it could probably, it could look if you put quality effort in and, you know, things are just falling in line for you. It could look like you're making progress over a short period of time. Just based off the outside looking in, because you know time is relative.
2: Hundred um, percent. Yeah, I think from from my experience, like working with lifters, the lifters that make the fastest progress are the ones with like the cleanest steroids.
0: Cleanest. That. Yes.
2: Exactly. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. You, you were saying the cleanest. The cleanest movement. Like you can you can see them squatting, and like it looks like you have they have a pretty squat. They're taking care of everything outside the gym. And they don't have to do as much work. Like they're probably just only squatting, like one heavy, heavy-ish uh, squat day, and like the second day will be like pretty light. And they're making really good, good progress, really fast progress, just because they're taking taking care of everything else. So it's not too, it's not so much about how much work you do. Uh, it's more about like how you, how efficient your work is, like how much you get oh, yeah. out of that work.
0: For sure, for sure. Right.
1: Because I've, I've noticed too that some of like the younger lifters, um, especially when I, I worked at the Y, that they would, they would see like their lifters like their favorite lifter or someone that inspired them, they'd see their progress, and they'd compare their progress to their own progress, and they'd go, "Oh, well, if this guy can put X amount of pounds on his his squat." in X amount of time, if I put in the same amount of work, I can, I could possibly be there too. It's like, no, you're, you're different. And you, you can't compare yourself to someone that has been doing this a while to your, to your own training. You know, that's not yeah. how training works.
2: Yeah. I think it's because like people look at their people, the people they follow and they're, like what they're doing. And it's, it's more like a marketing scheme. Like you see someone running this, like this program, whatever. And he's, he's this famous. And he's like, okay, well, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this now. Like the, you, you get bought in into something yeah. that you probably shouldn't.
0: I, I always like, there's a part of me that's, that's um, when I see like a, a, a big lifter released their training program and it's for 19.99 or whatever. And I always think to myself, you know, I I was the type to want to see what that was, and you know, see what you know, ex- what um, groundbreaking training that they're doing. Just based off of who they are, maybe their maybe their clout or their strength that I've seen, I'm like, wow, like their program must be really great. And then you you buy it, and you're just like, this is this is the same stuff that I do, you know. But it may be the same exercises, or maybe the frequency is a little bit different. Maybe certain things are tweaked. Um, but it's the way they do it that you can't buy. You can't buy that from a program.
1: Right. And it's, it's their you're, you're also only seeing a snapshot of their training too. You don't know the factors outside of training that they do mm-hmm. that could contribute to that. So, you know, those are more points that you can't really compare. Like when you're going training to someone else's training is like, like Anas was saying, you know, um, if you focus on some aspects of recovery, you could you could possibly get more from that than you could just putting in work. So when you focus on other qualities and aspects of your training, you might be surprised to see what your own training could respond to.
0: Yeah, yeah, you I know, think, what, the, yeah. Go
2: no, ahead. What, yeah, so one problem with any any template you would buy online, um, I would say like. Most of them I haven't really seen. Um, many that they're they are not as bad. So mo- the the main issue is most most programs have to follow some principles, and those templates probably do. They probably uh, cover three out of four principles, but they probably manage fatigue. They're specific. They progressively overload. But at the end of the day, like your those programs are it's a template, right? So it's not going to be. Uh, individualized for you so it's going to be it's not going to take into account your personal differences right so whenever whenever a program isn't personalized to you it makes that program that much worse like it's not if it doesn't fit your needs then it's it's not it's not a good program and that's what that's 95 percent of templates right
0: but what i'm super excited about honestly uh and you know. Juggernaut has been really revolutionary and a lot of things come uh, or fitness related. And I, I I do like their content a lot. So I may be a little bit biased, but um, the Juggernaut AI that they're coming out with that obviously or that they've come out with. And I know it has some glitches here and there, like any like any iteration uh, or early iteration of, of a, you know, revolutionary technology. But the, the Juggernaut AI, I think, is a, is a very interesting, uh, you know, step in fitness considering the fact that we're tying in machine learning where essentially you start out with just kind of the same program as everybody else and then based off of your input that program becomes more and more individualized to you because now the app is learning and it's it's understanding what it what you need to progress based off of your input I think that that's very fascinating. I don't know how successful it can be in the short term, but I think that that's the only type of you know program I would buy from somebody who doesn't know me personally, as opposed to you know hiring a coach that can learn about me. That's the only type of program that I could think would really take into account who I am as a lifter and, and give me valuable uh, output. Yeah, I think that's
2: the only program that I can think of that you can buy online without, without like not from a coach and it will be a little bit more personalized. or will at least try to, um, uh, kind of tailor the, your training to you. Um, I've heard stories about the old, old AI, uh, mm-hmm. program about like you've heard about like the seven by 10
0: deadlifts or you can, like, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, see them on the, uh, is, on the, yeah. On the app, uh, on the app page, you know, like where you go to buy it, like it has all those uh, horror stories. But like that's how that's how most, like I said, earlier technology is. It's gonna have glitches. I just think it's cool that they're trying to fix it in some way. You know, hopefully, seen, <laughs> seven I've by seen. ten though sounds crazy
2: <laughs> on deadlifts. Yeah, and like, doing <laughs> one step and at like, RPE nine or ten, and doing like six backdowns. <laughs> like that yeah. Like, I would rather yeah. run small off, but I've done that th- before. Yeah, but the new one, but the new that one looks... seems a little bit more refined. I haven't really looked at it. I haven't really, um, nah, yeah, I haven't, haven't looked really at really it yet. On it, so I'm not, I'm not really sure how the new one is. But I know though. well, know it's not better than you though. It's, it's definitely not going to be a better, better than a coach. Um, I mean, than most coaches. I mean, you probably, some, I think you're better off running AI than getting some coaches, but in general generally which coaches and us which ones uh i'll turn i'll turn the podcast off
0: real quick <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> i mean because you know some coaches will give you templates too yeah so, so it's exactly Yeah, you know, like it's they'll, they'll buy it and then they'll just change the name on it slap a watermark or you know call it theirs but or, or just hmm. like, or yeah. they will give everyone the same program. That's politics, in us. We're not getting into politics unless we can't get into <laughs> politics. We got to say names though. Misconception. <laughs> yeah, misconception. that's
1: a misconception. Misconception.
0: <laughs> can we talk about? Can we talk about the the dependency that a lot of people have on getting the freshest gear when it comes to? And I'm not talking about gear. Um, steroids. Kind of like steroids. Gear. Yeah. No, I'm talking about. The I'm down talking down about like. Street. people... People, you know, (laughs) when, when, and I don't want to sound like an old head who's like back in my day, you know, X, Y, and Z. But I remember when I was first getting my, my first powerlifting belt, you know, like a four inch thick 13 millimeter belt. I remember like thinking like, you know, price efficiency. I remember going on to like Enzer best belts and thinking to myself like, oh man, what's my price point? And it may have just been that I was broke, you know, but I was like in my college years thinking like man $100 it's kind of steep you know like ooh 120 uh maybe but like that was like what you can get for like a really really good belt like a you know you got a a a lever or you got like you know single prong didn't like it. i got i didn't like a double prong cuz it's hard to take off but like now i see people spending like 200 plus on a belt you know 100 plus on shoes uh, 100 plus on compression tights you I know the, the late
1: know the misconception I, I maybe maybe i'm wrong but people think that buying that stuff like might help them so maybe that's that's, buying, that's what i feel but in reality that i mean maybe it contributes you know a small percentage but it doesn't really help that much
0: yeah i don't want to sound like a crotchety old man but i know that you know when it comes to i, I know that a lifter's mentality is is one of the most important aspects of, of of something you can take into the gym with you. Like Anas mentioned earlier, with taking the the intent of each training session as important as you do, like exercise selection. When you go in and you have you have a positive state of mind, and you take you take everything into account. I understand that if you if you dress good, you feel good, and you you look good, and maybe you you feel good as a result, um, but like there becomes a dependency on like you have to have this and you have to have that. So there's almost like a stigma if you don't have that, you know, like, like I said, I've had the, I've had the same belt for my entire lifting career. Um, I understand that there's different variations. Like people feel like they want to bench with a lever and deadlift with a single prong. So, you know, I, and I, and I think that if people have the expendable income, they can buy whatever they want and they can definitely uh, splurge on that kind of stuff. But that doesn't mean that, it's going to make you strong. It, it, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not a necessity. You can be just as strong with a with a $250 SPD belt that you can be with a $40 discount uh, belt from like Lifting Large or Elite FTS.
1: People think, like I said, that buying the newest thing is going to help make them stronger. You know, maybe they see it as like a form of like, oh, if I do, if I get this, it'll help me to commit more. To lifting
0: mm-hmm.
1: so you you know they they think that you need to be this strong you know to put up this kind of weight so that's like another misconception that exists out there that you you need to be you need to put up these numbers before you sign up or that you need to be able to do this in the gym before you can go to a comp
2: with with the gear thing um yeah I think it's the same thing as the programming where people see their favorite lifter running this or wearing this and they wanna wear the same or run the same program just to be to be like the person they uh they idolize in in, in lifting
0: and i and I think that when it comes to um most lifters or <laughs> when it comes to the, the lifters that are influencing uh the the trends, they're gonna wear whoever's paying them. And that's, that's honestly like, that's great. I think that that's, if you're getting paid to wear a certain brand, you're going to rep that brand, you know, and that's, that's loyalty. Absolutely. That's your, you know, you ask your, that's your employer. Um, you should have a sense of, of loyalty to your employer because they're, they're putting food on the table. And now when that is seen now as like, Oh, the standard to be because that lifter is popular. That lifter has a lot of, a lot of followers then it just creates kind of like its own demand for itself, you know, regardless of, of, you know, efficiency or if the, if the product actually gives you any sort of competitive advantage, it just becomes a matter of, I want to be like that person, which again, isn't in and of itself a bad thing. It's just something that I feel like is, is something that people should keep in mind when purchasing the products. I'm going to, I'm going to get off my soapbox and, uh, and touch on what Josh said, which is... A, that's, that's almost... I want to say that's one of the most popular misconceptions. That you have to have a certain strength level before you can either get into powerlifting or before you can compete at a powerlifting meet. Which is like... That's like saying I'm too fat to join a gym.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, I've I've heard it so many times. Like, while I was training others at the gym. Like... They would, they would look at their own numbers and they they see powerlifting as a competitive sport against others when they don't see it as like a competition against yourself. So they'll look at their numbers and like Anas was saying, they'll look at their, their idol who might not even be in the same weight class as them and go, oh, well, this person, their first meet, they put up these numbers and I'm not even close. So I shouldn't compete because I'm not as good as said person.
0: Or saying that I want to get an X squat or an X bench or an X deadlift before I think about competing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They'd say that and they'd be like, Oh, well, you know, if I compete, what, what are the top people? What are, what numbers are they putting up? And could I place in that? It's like, well, hold on a sec. Like, why don't you just go compete first and put up a total before you even think about trying to compete against others? Like just, just have some numbers first. Yeah. So you have a baseline of where to gauge your own performance before you start comparing your performance to others.
2: There you go. Yeah. Setting a baseline. I mean, how, how, like what's strong enough for you? Like what, like it's, it's, it's just a vague, Right. Like, yeah, it's so vague. Like I'm, I'm not strong enough. Like what's what's strong enough? I don't. Mm-hmm. And I think setting a baseline, then building off of that, like is like the best thing to do.
0: Yeah, because people, I've asked people directly. I'm like, what do you mean? Like what 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 is the arbitrary number that you've set as a, a as a preliminary uh, before you've signed up for this meet? Like what does that? What purpose does that serve? And they're always like, well, I just want to make sure that like I'm not going to embarrass myself. And so, if, if, your, if your main concern is embarrassing yourself when joining, when trying to compete for a meet, then that's, that should be even more of a reason to just sign up so that you can erase that doubt or whatever. Because, the, the, you know, that kind of stems into kind of a sub-misconception at a powerlifting meet where people are, like, embarrassed somehow. Like, if maybe you miss a lift or something or something doesn't go that way, Right. Um, yeah. people think like oh man everyone's looking at me in actuality at a meet and honestly in life no one really cares that's yeah. that's a secret of life no one really cares no one is like no one's laughing at you behind your back like no one's thinking like oh man did you you know hold on at a meet i think this was at the the ut austin longhorn meet maybe like two three years ago um i remember there was this there was a gentleman who was competing and he was, he was a big gentleman. He was big. He was like, maybe, maybe weight 300 pounds. And, you know, he he was, he was a strong uh, gentleman. When I say strong, I meant strong. I mean, strong for his character because he went up there and he squatted uh, 155 pounds for his third squat attempt. I don't know if he was injured. I don't know if that's, you know, maybe some, some significance for him, I didn't care. I wasn't judging him for, for squatting 155 pounds when, you know, he was going up against people who were squatting, you know, five, 600 pounds. Like my main thing was I was proud of him. Like I, we were – there was there was just as much noise for him as there was for anybody else. No one is like, oh, he's not – he didn't hit that that squat, that number that he had to hit before signing up. No, everyone, everyone was stoked because that's what a, a powerlifting meet is. It's just a community of people – who paid money? No one's getting paid to lift. Everyone's paying money in order to be a part of the community that they, that they support. if there is um, like a number to like how
2: strong you should be to compete, that's that's only that only comes like whenever whenever it, whenever it comes to nationals, you have a qualifying total. But so whenever whenever it comes to local meets, like there's none. So like if the meet director is and no one is putting a number to how strong you should be before you compete, like why are you putting a number? Like on yourself
0: before before you go go out to compete. Mm-hmm. There's only one number that you need to to meet in order to get into a a, a powerlifting meet, and that's the $100 sign-up fee.
1: <laughs> I thought you're gonna say zero total. <laughs> no,
0: no, no. You need at least $100, <laughs> oh, yeah. and then and then you can you can join any local meet that you want to. Are they usually that expensive? I mean, sometimes they're maybe
2: like fifty to a hundred. Yeah. The yeah, they range. Higher end is hundred. yeah.
0: They're, they're going yeah. up in
1: price now. So mm. it's probably close
0: to Like like Josh said that once that one podcast where he's like in the 1960s, they were like 20 bucks. Oh, 20 yeah. <laughs> they
1: say peel. But you know
0: dude. <laughs> back in my when, day, they used to pay meat to power lift. Back in my day, the power lifting meats used to be a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to when it comes to uh, a meat, um if anybody and this goes out to all of the audience. I'm breaking the fourth wall. If anybody makes fun of you for not being strong enough, you call the Chalk My Back boys. We will find that person and we'll give them a wedgie personally <laughs> for you. Because that's that's it's childish to, to try to shame somebody for not being strong enough. But the, also...
1: The only people that will make fun of you at a powerlifting meet are probably your friends if you... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, if you like fall on your face or something, Otherwise, yeah. Like if you drop
0: a six hundred pound deadlift,
1: he, like Ooh. no one, like no one's <laughs> oh. I Wonder who that could be.
2: <laughs> it was three okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember the time I I dropped that deadlift and I I let out a a, a roar. <laughs> and then the off. person came up to me. The person came up to me afterwards. The I, I don't know who they were, like the spotter. They came out to me afterwards. They're like, "Are you okay? Are you okay, man? You good? You good?" I'm like, "Yeah, man. I'm, I guess I don't know if they thought I was gonna pass out or punch somebody." But I'm like, "Did I really seem that mad?" Do you have that video? Can you? Can you I always, yeah, I'll send it. I'll send it to the podcast.
1: Did you start crying?
2: That's not no, no. Oh. Video of maybe MRT slapping you. Oh. <laughs>
0: oh. Anyway,
2: let's not let's not embarrass AKA yourself. A fat push.
0: Fat push and I I asked ask for a slap on my back. He literally comes up and pushes me over the bar. Yeah, I said it. I said it. <laughs> and there was a big
2: mark on your back.
0: Yeah, a big, big red mark red in my
2: mark heart. On back. Hold my hand.
0: Oh okay. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I could I could keep going for days. I really there's one more I really want to touch on. Let's go let's go rapid fire. Let's go rapid fire.
1: This is gold content right here. Knowledge bomb. Okay.
0: Okay, okay. Bah, bah, bah. okay, deadlifts are bad
2: for my back, or squats are bad for my knees. <laughs> they are. They are.
0: <laughs> they are. Okay. If, you, if you do too much of them, then yeah. Uh, yeah if, I mean, you do, if you do them badly, yeah, absolutely they are.
1: Too much of anything is bad for you.
0: Any movement yeah.
2: that's done incorrectly probably is bad for...
0: I was doing jump rope the other day and my knees started hurting. There you go. So I put shoes on. <laughs> so I put shoes on.
2: <laughs> so
1: Stop jumping rope. You can make <laughs> <one>. <laughs> No, I mean like deadlifting for your back isn't a bad thing. I've heard that quite a bit too, and I mean your back isn't made out of glass. Like it can support weight. It's it's built to be able to support you. So
2: you I call think, me
0: fat?
1: <laughs> I mean you got a bunch of fat pads around you. So
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true.
1: <laughs> but uh, I mean like. It's. I think it stems to to what Anas was talking about earlier of not programming correctly and not, you know, not giving yourself enough time to acclimate to certain movements. So, you know, if you if you're a beginner and you jump right into, like Anas was saying, squatting or deadlifting three four times a week, you're gonna you're gonna increase your risk. For injury, you know, a lot more than if you were to start slow.
2: Yeah, then then people start blaming the exercise instead of blaming their like bad programming or bad planning or bad movement. Bad, bad coach or bad coach, whatever. <laughs> coach, yeah. People don't understand
1: like that the amount of weight we lift doesn't correlate to how jacked we look, and they assume that people. That look super super jacked are actually the strong ones when it's actually like the reverse.
0: Yeah, like you see a, a bodybuilder on stage and they're dehydrated. That's they're dehydrated, they're they're, you know, really they're really vascular and their muscles are, are really popping. But a bodybuilder on stage who's stage ready is the weakest that they are in their entire prep because their body's depleted of all water, they haven't eaten, and and they're they try to get their fat content as low as possible so they look jacked but they're not they're as not strong, strong as they could <laughs> yeah,
2: if, you, if you compare bodybuilders to powerlifters bodybuilders look way more jacked but they're they're not as strong because the training is way different but powerlifters powerlifters who are the most jacked um combined with good leverages and a lot of other things but muscle mass plays plays a big factor in powerlifting uh, but as far as like bodybuilding versus powerlifting like the biggest like bodybuilder is probably not going to be the strongest powerlifter unless they
0: um, are on some special uh, sauce. <laughs> un-
2: I mean, unless their training is more is tailored more towards powerlifting. Yeah. Yes, yes, of course. Training. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Training, training. training. Yeah, yeah, training. One of the one of the another conception misconceptions that I always hear is that um, you can lose fat in certain parts of your body by training that area. So, like people who are always doing like leg lifts or crunches or any sort of like targeted ab workout in order to (laughs) tone or uh, i don't mean to laugh but in order to uh, well i do mean to laugh but it's um it's it's very problematic to think that you can somehow target an area of your body and lose fat naturally uh without any sort of surgery um you know we all well we don't maybe we don't all know but a caloric deficit is how you lose weight and you can't control what area of your body, the fat's going to be lost first. Uh, that that's mainly genetics, um, that, that plays a part in, in how you lose weight. Um, there may, genetics don't count, but there may be some things that you can do to help. I don't, again, I'm not a, not a scientist or a doctor or any sort of physician to make that call, but just by doing crunches, you're not going to get abs. Yeah. I think it's mostly from from
2: your diet, and another misconception like that plays like plays a role. Like it's it's like it's similar to that. Is like people think I'm doing higher reps for toning, lower reps for whatever. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, building up. I, I, for, I forgot. I forgot so.
0: Yeah, like a seven, like a, anything above five reps to get like jacked, and then anything below uh, five reps is for strength. You know, like yeah, that you, range. Always, yeah, there. you hear
2: that a lot in commercial gyms. Like I'm doing. Fifteen reps for toning. I'm doing this amount of reps for building muscle or or getting stronger.
0: Yeah, I don't want to work out. I just want to tone up, you know, yeah. for summer. Right, right. Yeah, like there's some like there's somehow a spectrum, and that that toning thing is another misconception that a lot of uh you know females have is that by lifting weights they'll get bulky, and not even I don't even just limit that to females anymore, but I know a lot of a lot of people, men included, who are like, well, I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to. I don't want to fill out my clothes or I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be too muscular. Like somehow touching a weight is just going to magically turn you into the most jacked f- genetic freak in the world. Yeah, like I've, been
2: lifting, I've been lifting for over seven years and I still look like I don't even lift. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm still <laughs> waiting for that to happen. Like
0: I still if, got a dead bud.
2: If,
1: if that's, if that's a misconception, then can that please happen to me?
0: Please. yeah that would be the most best misconception like by somehow lifting weights because it, and it goes back to the targeted fat loss thing is that expending calories can happen in multiple ways whether it be lifting weights whether it be walking whether it be uh maybe working outside in the, in the lawn or whatever the case is you know you can burn calories in multiple different ways this is just how we choose to burn calories is, is in the gym and obviously there's more things that take into place um i think like doesn't don't you tear apart your muscles when you lift weights or something? I don't know. Maybe that's another misconception.
1: <laughs> no, that happens. They're called microtraumas. And then oh. when you intake protein without getting too scientific, it rebuilds your muscles.
0: I thought a microtrauma was what happened when I was a little kid and my dad went to go get uh, cigarettes and never came back.
2: Was just, Here comes was just, sponsorship.
0: You were going to say that? <laughs> <laughs> he, but you know, he went to go get Camel cigarettes. <laughs> Here comes the
2: sponsor if you had big trauma in your life, does that mean you're going to get more jacked? Big trauma. <laughs> <laughs> big
0: trauma. My wife left me. I have some, I'm going to get jacked. A jack. <laughs> some macro, macro trauma. Uh, one more thing that I had was that, uh, there's a, there's people seem to think that there's an age cap on, uh, on lifting or powerlifting or just strength training in general. And I, I, I always admire, uh, Older athletes, uh, because it just shows that with proper training that you can you can do this for a prolonged period of time, and that uh, or that that old uh, saying that people say where it's like powerlifting is a marathon, not a sprint. And I know that I know that some people take that differently. I I really like the way that sounds because it shows that like it, whether you're twenty or thirty or forty or you know any spec any age on the spectrum, you know even a grandpa, you can still get into lifting. And and you can start establishing your own baseline and then hit your PRs from yourself. You know, there, there's no there's no age requirement to say, like, I'm too old to start lifting.
1: Right. I mean, powerlifting has um, master's classes all the way up to, I think, like 80. So something I mean, like that. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So, I mean,
0: you can buy yeah. a lifetime membership all the way up to 80.
1: Yeah. Plus. Yep. Which no one will do, but uh, uh, anyways. Well, anyways, uh, anyways,
0: anyways. anyways, uh, Josh, what do you got? Josh, what else do you got on your list? (laughs) USAPL, Uh, please sponsor. Five percent discounts. (laughs) Use my code ANAS. Cool. Well, we'd love to hear y'all's misconceptions as well. Well, how how do we do that? Do we should should we put something out into the Instagram world?
1: Yeah, I'll put a I'll put a poll out there or a
0: ask. We'll love to hear your misconceptions. Tag us at ChalkMyBack on your posts with your favorite misconceptions that you've heard about lifting. Tag us in your stories. Tag us in your posts. Uh, Heck, just DM us. We'll love to chat. We care about you. Love you so much. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. If you made it. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening. If you made it this far in the podcast. Follow us on Instagram at ChalkMyBack. Thank you for listening for another Tuesday. Have a great week. Have a great week did y'all see that did y'all see that popeye's no did y'all see that popeye's had a new fish sandwich
1: please
0: fish <laughs> popeye's got a fish sandwich it's like their first one is that a they big got good sandwich? uh french fries too the, you know there's a big misconception that people think that cigarettes are bad for you i don't know why but <laughs> i don't know why dude i don't know why